this morning we're going to see that there is a Holy Spirit boldness for us to grow into. It's, it's a journey we're all on, as, as Paul said. It's, it's steps, isn't it? You know, one week we might step out and, and, and have the courage to actually talk to someone, uh, might not tell them about um, Jesus, but, you know, maybe the next week we might share more. There's, there's, there's steps that we go on, and there's a Holy Spirit boldness for us to, to grow into. And as we're speaking and looking through this, this book of Acts, and the difference that the Holy Spirit makes uh, as, we, as we walk with God and look to see Him move in our day, in our lives, um, I just I'm going to recommend it now, just because I'll probably forget if I leave it till later. I've been reading through this book. Uh, it's called Everyday Supernatural, Living a Spirit-Led Life Without Being Weird, um, by, by Mike Pilavachi and, and Andy Croft. It's really down-to-earth, easy read, um, super biblical, super helpful. Uh, I really recommend that if you want to grow in these things that we're talking about. So, this morning we're coming on to chapter 4 of Acts. So, if you want to turn to chapter 4, but what we're looking at follows hot on the heels of what Steve preached on last week in chapter 3, and it, it won't make much sense unless I just quickly remind us of what happened last week in chapter 3. We had Peter and John, and they were going to the temple to worship, and there was a man who had been lame, not in the sort of modern sense that, you know, like kids today, oh, that's lame, kind of not, not that kind of lame. Uh, he'd been lame, his, his ankles, his legs had been um, damaged, had been not functioning properly uh, since, since birth. He couldn't walk. And he was asking for money. And Peter and John said, money we do not have, but what we do have, we give to you in the name of Jesus. Stand up and walk. And in the power of Jesus, in the name, in the authority, in the compassion, in the power of the Lord Jesus, healing happened the man was able to stand and walk. And he didn't just stand and walk. He went jumping. He went leaping. And he was full of joy. His life had been touched by God. And this drew a crowd. This caused a stir. Um, people were drawn. And Peter and John took that opportunity. And they spoke of Jesus. They started telling of what Jesus has done, that he's not only you know, was he crucified, he rose again. He's now risen and doing these wonderful acts, these miracles. These, these are done in, 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 in his name, in his power. And the thing is, what we're going to see now in chapter 4 is them speaking so freely and openly and, and boldly, it got them into trouble. And so we pick up the story now in 
chapter 4. And it, it says here, verse 1, we'll just, just verse 1 to 4, first of all, it says, The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. So this is you know, in the middle of this story we just, that I was just speaking of. While they were still speaking. And these priests and temple guards, they were greatly disturbed. In other translations, it says annoyed. Because the apostles were teaching the people, proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. So they seized Peter and John. And because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed. So the number of men who believed grew to about 5,000. And the first thing that, that I just want to say is we see this throughout Acts. Jesus is proclaimed. Not, not just he was a good guy, not just, oh, it's some nice teachings, you should, you should check them out, but the supernatural truths about Jesus were proclaimed. He died for our sins. He rose again to new life. He offers that new life to us by his Spirit. And when these truths are proclaimed, some are annoyed and some get saved. And we'll see that pattern throughout Acts. In fact, as we go through Acts, it amps up. It goes from people being annoyed to full-blown riots by the time we get a few chapters further in. And we, I mean, I think, um, you know, we don't probably see too many riots. I hope, you know, hope, hopefully... You know, we're not going to cause any, any, any riots, but we probably will annoy some people when we speak of Jesus. But also, we will see many saved. And we, we live in that, that tension, don't we? And I think we relate to what Nat shared and what others have shared because we relate to that desire to share what we have as Steve was speaking about last week, what I have, I give you. I have Jesus. I want to offer him to you. We want that. We want to do that. And yet, it's scary. It's hard. And we, we, we all know that, don't we? And so, what we're going into now is like, how, so how can we do this? Like, how can we step out? How can we um, you know, operate in this, in this tension and see the many saved in our day, in our time, in Norwich. Do, 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 do we want that? Do, do you want that? Do you want to speak of Jesus and see some people get annoyed, but many people come to know Jesus? We, we do, don't we? And so the first main thing I, I want to, to point out is the example of Peter. This is Peter. Okay, this is the same Peter who, not long before, when Jesus was being arrested 
and he was about to be tried and put to death, someone confronted him and said, you, Peter, you are one of Jesus' friends, aren't you? You've been with Jesus. And he denied him. He, he bottled it. He said, no, 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 I don't know Jesus. I haven't been with him. He was ruled by fear in, in that moment. And yet now we see him in this situation ruled not by fear, but by the Holy Spirit. And so we read on, verse 5, the next day the rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, and so were Caiaphas, John, Alexander, and others of the high priest's family. They had Peter and John brought before them and began to question them, by what power or what name did you do this? And they're talking about the healing of the, of the, the man who was lame from, from birth. And I just want to say that these people, why does the text mention specific names? Caiaphas, for example, these are the same people who tried Jesus and had Jesus crucified. Peter, fearful Peter, is being confronted and questioned and imprisoned by the same people that put Jesus to death. This is dangerous. He would know. You know, this is dangerous. My life is in jeopardy right now. Surely Peter is going to chicken out again. Surely he's going to back down. Surely he's going to be same old fearful Peter. But no, there's a transformation. There is a transformation. And so we see in verse 8, then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit said to them, rulers and elders of the people. You can sense his boldness in the way he's addressing them. If we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and are being asked how he was healed, then know this. You and all the people of Israel... It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone you builders rejected, which has become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John and realized that they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. So this, this boldness, this courage, it's not come from their education it's not, come from, from, you know, it's not come from their natural abilities. And for us, when we come to talk about Jesus, when we, 
maybe it annoys some people, maybe we're challenged. Our ability to respond, it's not on us. It's, 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 it's not about our education. It's not if we've, have you done enough Bible study. It's, it's, it's not, you know, are you clever enough? It's not, have you got all the answers? But the Holy Spirit had filled him, and the people were astonished at what they were able to say as a result, what Peter was able to say as a result. And so what could they, they, what, so what could they do? So, um, but s- since they could see that you know, this man had been healed, verse 14, he was standing there with them. There was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin and then conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everyone living in Jerusalem knows they have performed a notable sign, this miracle, and we cannot deny it. But to stop this thing from spreading any further among the people, we must warn them to speak no longer to anyone in this name. Then they called them in again and commanded them not to speak or teach at all in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, again, the boldness, I love it, which is right in God's eyes, to listen to you or to him? You be the judges. As for us, we cannot help speaking about what we have seen and heard. Love that. They could not help speaking of what they have seen and what they have heard of Jesus. And so I just want to make a few points for us this morning. How can we experience the same transformation that Peter experienced? How can we go from being fearful, like Peter was when he was denying Jesus, to being bold and courageous, like Peter was when he's addressing these authorities who are putting him in prison. How can we have that kind of boldness? There's a couple of things I just want to, I want to take out. The first thing that Peter knew and that we need to know is that the Holy Spirit was and is a, a gift This Holy Spirit boldness, every other good thing that comes from the Spirit is a gift. And we must know and be convinced deeply that the Holy Spirit is a gift. And it's a gift that's been given personally to you for you to receive if you have put your trust in Jesus it's so easy to read stories like these and hear other Holy Spirit stories, and I'm going to share some this morning, and it'd be easy to listen to them and, and go, that was, that was the Apostle Peter, or that's someone else, and that doesn't happen in my life. It can. Why can it? Because the Holy Spirit is a gift. That means that you don't have to 
perform or be a certain level of Christian. You don't have to have been a Christian for a certain number of days or attained to a certain level of holiness or have done X, Y, or Z performance-wise to, to have the Holy Spirit and live a Holy Spirit-empowered life and see the power of Jesus working through you and in you in your life. It's a gift. It's a gift. Grasp that it's a gift. How do I know that it's a gift? How can I say it so confidently? First, it says in 1 John that if anyone acknowledges that Jesus is the Son of God, God lives in them, and they in God. And it also says in 1 John, this is how you can recognize the Spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. So if you have put your personal trust in Jesus as the Son of God, come to earth to die for your sins, rising from the dead, that you can be risen to in new life with him. If you trust Jesus, the Holy Spirit is in you. You have the Holy Spirit. And even more than that, you can have more. This is the exciting thing. You can have more of the Holy Spirit as well. In Acts chapter 2, we saw Peter urging the people, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And was that it? Did he stop there? No, it goes on. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Jesus has paid it all. He's paid for your full salvation. He has paid for the forgiveness of your sins, and He's paid for you to have the Holy Spirit living in you. He has paid for you to have this Holy Spirit-empowered life. It's not about you. It's about Jesus and what he has done and what he has won. And he has won for you a spirit-empowered life. We need to receive it as a gift. Peter knew it. Peter has received this gift that was key to his transformation, how he could now be so bold. It's key for us as well. And there's more. There's more. You know, we, we get the idea of gifts, don't we? We get that it's not down to us. I get, I get my kids gifts every year like on, on their birthday, at Christmas, and some spontaneous ones in between. And it's not because of sort of how well they've done or behaved. Um, they're, they're brilliant, but if I was going to do it based on their behavior, they'd probably get less gifts than, 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 what, than, what, than what they do. You know, they don't get the gifts based on, 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 on their behavior. They, they get the gifts based on, I'm their dad, and I love them. And I love to bless them with gifts. And in, I think it's in Luke, in the gospel it says, 
Ask, and it will be given. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and the door will be opened to you. And it, and it says, look, even you know how to give good gifts. How much more will your Father give you the Holy Spirit? So let's be a people who, we, not, don't, we don't just understand that this Holy Spirit life, it's, it's a gift, part of our full salvation that Jesus has won for us. But there's more, there's more for us. My kids didn't just get to their first birthday and then I'm like, here you go, that's it. <laughs> you, know, you know, you got your gifts on your first birthday, and so I'm not going to bother now on your second birthday, your third birthday, your fourth birthday. This is it for the rest of your life. No, I give them, I give them more gifts every year. I give them different gifts year to year because I love them. I want them to have more. Our Father in heaven is the same. So be convinced it's a gift and there's more. We need to be a people who are ever asking, ever seeking, ever knocking on the door for that more, trusting and knowing our Father in his love for us is going to give. The second thing that Peter knew and that we need to know too and be convinced of, is that the Holy Spirit is a person. Peter was living close to God. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of God. We worship a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. One of my favorite titles of the Holy Spirit is, is the Spirit of Jesus. And really, it's about living close to Jesus. Peter was living close to Jesus. He knew the Holy Spirit was a person. He wanted to relate to him. He wanted to relate to God closely. Whenever I've spoken to people, whenever I've had the privilege of speaking to people who, who have seen God moving powerfully in, in their lives, um, I just think of one example. I remember a few years back, I was doing leadership training. We had a guy called Dave Fellingham um, came and speak. And this guy, he came in and he just spoke, he's just story after story after story of... of you know, oh, this person, they you know, were badly injured. I prayed for them. They were instantly healed, um, yeah, yeah, casting out demons. Like he was so, he's so famous in his local area that, that they have people, like not church people, but like local businesses ring the church and ask for him when, <laughs> when stuff goes on. Like he was telling a story that a you know, local restaurant rung the church for him because um, there, there was, they thought there might be an evil spirit in their restaurant because the sideboards just kept shaking and cutlery was going flying across the room and like, no one could, you know, scaring all the customers off. And the restaurant owner was, 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 was desperate, so they called Dave. <laughs> they were like, we don't know what to do, who do we call? So they called the local church 
and 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 Dave, um, you know, he was you know, telling the story, and he, he he went he went along, and he was in the room, he was praying, and and he he, he had this sort of prophetic sort of uh, revelation that someone had been killed in 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 that in that in that room, and he you know he he, he prayed, and he prayed for peace to come to to that room, and 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 commanded any, you know, any evil spirits to leave, and um, the, the, the restaurant did have, didn't have any more problems uh, after that, and I was just like, Dave, how come? Like, what's your, what's your secret sauce? You know, why, why, why do you, like, have all these things happening in your life? Like, I would love a bit more of that, I mean, I see some things in my life, but not nothing. I won't. So I asked him. You know, we have like a Q&A session at, at the end, and, and I said, Dave, you've just shared so many stories. Um, what, but what am I doing wrong? <laughs> like, what, what would you say to, 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 to me, to us, to me? You know, and I, I'm, 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 I'm strapped in. I'm ready for a weighty, long response. And he said... He said, oh, just, just, just one thing, really. Um, just live close to Jesus. That's all I do. I just live close to Jesus, and all this stuff just seems to happen. <laughs> um, the Holy Spirit is a person. We can live close we need to live close. We can live closer. It's not like I've, I've heard. I've heard analogies before, and I and I understand them. I'm not. I'm not sort of belittling them, but saying like Holy Spirit's like fuel, fuel in your car. And I, I get. I get the point that we, like, we need the Holy Spirit. Spirit gives us power. But the, the the Holy Spirit is not a product for us to consume. Like I want to do. I want to do something like powerful. I want, to, I, want to, I want to see God move, so I'll get some of the Holy Spirit so then I can see, see that happen. It's not, it's not, Holy Spirit's not a product. It's not, just something, it's not, not a product we use, but we consume. Holy Spirit is a person. As we live close to God, as we seek, as we ask, as we knock for that, for that closer walk, we will see more. We will have more of this Holy Spirit boldness. We will see God do more in us and through us as Peter is seeing in this text. In Galatians chapter 5, Paul says that we're to be led by the Spirit and we're to keep in step with the Spirit. And the image there is walking together. It's relational. It makes me think of like how uh, in lockdown, not being able to see anyone for ages, and I remember when like they let us out and we could suddenly sort of meet with one person outside, and I, I, I just would go walking, go walking with people, and it was so good to have that connection, to be close again. And there was something about walking together where we would just talk and there would be that sort of that deeper relational connection. 
and we've, in the songs and a lot of what came through this morning, there's a lot about God being our shepherd. There's a lot about being led by, by God. And this, this Holy Spirit life is a walk with God. It's a walk with the Spirit. It's deeply relational. And the reason that there's this correlation is that the, clo- the, the, you know, the closer we walk with Jesus, the more we will see him do in, in, through our lives. The reason is, is because in his presence is his power. You can't stand next to a fire without getting warm. You can't jump into water without getting wet. And you can't live close to Jesus and not see his power outworked in your life. In his presence, there is power. So, encouragement for us to live in the good of what he has won for us. It's a gift, and we can live in the good of it. Um, Just a little sort of illustration before we finish with response. A few months back, I was feeling super dry spiritually. I was feeling distant from God. And you know those times when you just, you're feeling distant and you just feel completely disconnected. You feel like there's no chance you're going to hear the voice of God. You don't have much motivation to pray or read scripture. You just feel, that's how you feel. I was like that. And Beth suggested to me quite helpfully, she said, look, why don't you take a day and just go off on your own. I'll look after the kids. Just have a day with God. Great idea, I said. And if I'm being honest, it was slightly more about having a day on my own (laughs) and not having to look after the kids than it was about drawing close to God. But I knew that would do me good too. So I was like, yep, let's do it. And, you know, in my head, this day was going to be all about me. I was going to go off and get refreshed. I was going to go off and just get a bit of space and a bit of peace. So off I went, and I went, I went out to Salhouse Broad, took my Bible, and I sat by the broad. It was a beautiful sunny day. There were boats coming and going. There were people, you know, having a nice time. And I just sat at a distance away from it all, taking in the scenery and enjoying the peace and quiet. And, you know, I start reading my Bible and praying. I just start to feel some, some of that just stirring, some of that, you know, feel, sensing the Holy Spirit with me. Again, just a little, just glimmers. And as I'm there, I've only been there about 20 minutes. I was just settling in. I felt God say, go into the city. enjoying it here. <laughs> this is, I've just found a nice spot. It took me 20 minutes to drive out here, and I've done a, another 20-minute walk. Um, okay, so, all right, so trying to be 
sort of obedient, <clears throat> I walked back to the car, started driving into the city. And as I'm driving into the city, I'm like, okay, um, thank you for speaking to me. Um, but sort of wondering, yeah, is, that, is this really God? Uh, what, what's this about? Um, so, okay, I'm going to the city. Where? Where in the city? I felt God say, go to the cathedral. So, okay, so parked, went to the cathedral, got into the cathedral grounds and thought, okay, I'm at the cathedral. What now? Didn't hear anything else, so I just wandered around for a bit, praying, sat down on one of the benches outside the cathedral, and I thought, well, maybe God's just going to speak to me and refresh me here instead of Salhouse Broad. So I started reading my Bible again, and after a few minutes, a, a man walked up to me. He'd been sat on the bench opposite to the one I'd sat on. He, he, he got up, he'd, he'd been watching me, and he walked over to me and said, is that a Bible that you're reading? I said, uh, yeah, it is. It's, yeah, uh, I'm a Christian and I'm out reading my Bible. <laughs> and, and he said, I've got some questions for you. <laughs> I said, okay, well, I'd love to talk to you. So sit, yeah, sit down, um, let's, let's, let's talk. And he, he said, um, he said, look, oh, I find the whole thing about God really difficult, but I'm quite interested. But I studied philosophy at university, and so I just got loads of sort of philosophical questions. I said, no way. I studied philosophy at university too. And I sort of went to university not really being a Christian, and while studying philosophy, became a Christian. Let's chat. <laughs> we got loads in common. Um, and so, yeah, he, he, he asked all these questions, and I was able to sort of answer um, them hopefully well, um, sort of knew where he was coming from, having sort of been through similar questions myself. And I was able to say to him, look, God really loves you <laughs> because I was having a really nice day out at Salhouse Broad and he specifically told me to come here. He ordained this conversation. He wants you to know him. He wants you to, he, has been, he is speaking to you. He loves you. And I was able to, to share that, share my testimony and and I, and, and, I, and I prayed with him. Now, you know, he didn't become a Christian on the, on the spot. He didn't give his life to Jesus. Um, but he was certainly struck by it all and went away with a lot to think about. And, um, yeah, and, and, and asked that I'd keep praying for him. And, that, you know, that, that's, that, that's just, a, just a, sort of a recent example of, of that, that walk, that walk with, the, with, with, the, with the Spirit. I love that it's not just for Peter. It's not just for the, for the book of Acts. It's for us today. But having said all that, how do we get from A to B? How do we... Like, I want more of that. 
you know, I don't tell you that story because I've got this all covered and I go out and that stuff happens to me every day. I want more of, 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 of the Holy Spirit speaking to me and empowering me and seeing God's kingdom come as a result. So I've just, just got three quick uh, keys for us in, in, in how we respond. Uh, number one is repentance. I was, I was struck, you know, when I read that verse earlier of the, about the gift of the Spirit from Acts 2. It's off the back of Peter saying, repent and believe. And of course, we repent and we receive salvation and we receive the Holy Spirit when we first become Christians. We first put our trust in, in Jesus. But it's an ongoing thing as well. And repentance is a, is a great word. Repentance is, is turning. It's changing your mind and turning from the direction you were going in, going in the opposite direction. And I think for, for all of us, you know, we can slip into habits, we can slip into ways where you know, we, we know that it keeps us slightly more distant from God than, than, than we need to be. Uh, I remember I've, I've, I've preached before, probably one of the most difficult preachers I've done was on lust. I remember doing a preach on lust and I shared how sort of all throughout my teenage years and into my early 20s and the start of my Christian walk, I was addicted to, to pornography. And <clears throat> so one of the first times that I was sort of had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit was at a men's conference in Oxford. I'd just gone to visit a friend, and he was like, oh, by the way, we're going to a men's conference. I said, good-o, all right. <laughs> um, so, we, so we went, and there's this really gifted guy uh, called Charlie Cleverly. He was, he, was, he was preaching, and at the end, he said, yeah, he'd been talking a lot. It was a men's conference, and it was sort of in the early 2000s, and he just talked a lot about pornography, and I was sat there dying in my chair. Um, and, you know, and then he invited people to, to, to come up and be prayed for. And I, I went, and I, oh, I felt physically sick going up. And I went up, and I repented. I repented. Uh, I turned from pursuing pornography, I said sorry, and I accepted Jesus' forgiveness, and I accepted the, the gift of, of sanctification and His Spirit to cleanse me and put me in a new, better direction. And, and, and as I prayed, as I repented, Charlie was praying for me as well, and I heard, even though I was praying, I could hear him praying at the same time, and he prayed that the Holy Spirit would come on me like a cleansing fire and cleanse me from all impurity, and I was like, I'm so impure, and I, and, and I felt the, 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 the Holy Spirit just was almost like fire, it just, just, I mean, I clocked up some floor time, I I, I, I was flawed. I was physically flawed. The Spirit powerfully came upon me. It was off the back of repentance. Sometimes 
we do stuff that just gets in the way. And first key thing for response is, you know, maybe there is, maybe there isn't something for you. But if you know there is, I really encourage with you. Repent. Give it to God. Say sorry. Accept his forgiveness and let him turn you 180 degrees. Change your mind on that thing and receive not only forgiveness, but more of him, more of his Holy Spirit. Second, second thing is surrender and obedience. The Holy Spirit is a person, and the Holy Spirit has a purpose. And we can, we can all too easily go along the lines of, kind of, God, bless, bless me, bless my agenda, bless the things I want to see happen. And Peter here, and, you know, it, it, the example I gave, like, I went out on my agenda to sell house broad. I was getting my space. But, but when, we, when we step out in, in that surrender of actually no, Lord, you have your way. You do what you want to do in my life today. Yeah, I'm, I might be doing my normal routine. I might be going to work like normal. But, but within that, Lord, have your way. What do you want to do in my workplace today? What do you want to do at my school today? What do you want to do? And that's that obedience, that surrender. I remember once uh, teaching a lesson. I was an RE teacher for 10 years. And I remember teaching a lesson once on... Um, actually, I can't even remember what it was on. I got about, I got about 10, 15 minutes in, and I... And I, and I as part of the lesson, had, was sharing something about Jesus and sharing something about love. And as I started talking, I felt this sort of Holy Spirit, sort of, I don't know how hard to put into words, this Holy Spirit stirring inside me to sort of, just sort of riff on what I was talking about, stick with it. And so I, you know, started talking more. I was talking, talking about the love of Jesus. I started talking about how love is, is stronger than hate and how love overcomes evil. And then started sharing about how we see that ultimately fulfilled in, in Jesus. And I was trying to be careful because like, as a RE teacher, you, like, you're not supposed to preach. And so I was trying really hard not to preach, but just to teach objectively. But I was the Holy Spirit. I could feel the Holy Spirit in the room, and I was just wanting to just, to, to just surrender, just to surrender my lesson plan, and just internally, just Holy Spirit, I just feel you're doing something, do more, just, just let, and, and so I, I went with it, I went with it, and I just spoke, and I could feel that I was speaking Holy Spirit words. By the end of the lesson, there were, there were, there were three or four kids in that lesson, 13, 14-year-olds, who were in tears because the Holy Spirit had moved them and convicted them of the truth, the reality of the love of Jesus for, for, for them and for the world, to, and the, the love of Jesus conquering evil at the cross 
and through his resurrection, I was shaking in my classroom. All I did was I just surrendered it to God. I just tried to be obedient. That's another key. So repentance, surrender, obedience to what God wants to do. And lastly, and briefly, persistence. I do feel that this is part of the Holy Spirit being a person. God's not a vending machine. The Holy Spirit's not a vending machine. You don't just go, oh, I want, I don't, you know, whatever it is, X, Y gift, the gift of healing or the gift of tongues or, uh, you know, to the boldness, the boldness that Peter, I want, you know, you don't just go up to God like he's a vending machine and put the letters in and sort of get your Mars bar out the bottom or your boldness or your gift of healing or whatever. Sometimes it, sometimes God answers us instantly. Sometimes we ask and seek and knock and we get an instant response. Yeah, sometimes we'll ask for boldness, it'll instantly come and the very next person we talk to will be, you know, will be courageous and see Jesus move. Sometimes we pray for a Holy Spirit gift and it will come instantly. But do you know what? In my experience, often it doesn't come instantly. And I'm sure it's because the Holy Spirit's a person and not a vending machine. And actually, through having to be persistent, we are forced to draw closer and learn what it really means to trust, and learn what it really means to walk closely and depend entirely on God rather than ourselves. Just very quickly, I don't, I don't want to be so full of stories that I end up going on and on and on. I need to finish. But um, I, I just, on, on this, I remember receiving the gift of tongues. I really wanted the gift of tongues. I really wanted that because I, I wanted that evidence of the Holy Spirit moving in me, and I, wa- I, j- I just wanted it. I just wanted it, and I asked for it. I remember I was sat about a 10-minute walk from here on a bench by UEA Lake asking God, please can I have the gift of tongues? And I sat there going, come on! Like, you know, and I sat there half an hour just asking and asking and asking, and I was like... I mean, I, yeah, I, was like, well, I don't understand why. I don't understand why I have, I've been asking for half an hour. Why haven't I got it? And I went two weeks asking for the gift of tongues. And I, uh, and I, I didn't get it. And I started, to, oh, maybe it's just not for me. Maybe that's just not for me. And, and, and then we, we were at, um, I went to a, a weekend, a church weekend away, actually, at Letton Hall. Um, that was a good weekend. You probably remember that weekend. Um, and there was a talk on the Holy Spirit, and there was a seminar on the gifts of spirit. Uh, I went back to my room, and I, and I, I was just so, I just felt the weightiness of the Holy Spirit. And I just wanted to pray. I wasn't even seeking anything specific. 
I just wanted to pray and be close to God. And as I sat there in my room, just this language started coming out. I just sat there and suddenly it's just, it just came and I was, I was like, what? I wasn't even asking. That's, a, that's a, amazing. I was like, but why didn't, why didn't God just do that two weeks ago? When I was, uh, I had to be persistent. And I just want to urge you, maybe you've asked before, maybe you've sought more of this Holy Spirit life before, and you've been disappointed you haven't seen as much. Or maybe it didn't end up being consistent. And I just want to encourage you, be persistent. Be persistent. Be ever asking, ever seeking, ever knocking on the door. If I could have the band back, that would be great. We can't speak of this spirit-empowered life. We can't speak of everything that Jesus has won for us through his death and resurrection. I can't exhort you to be ever asking and ever seeking and ever knocking on the door without giving us a chance to do that very thing now. So, maybe for you now, it looks like repenting. Maybe for you now, it looks like surrendering your life afresh to God's agenda and God's will and, and believing for more of His Spirit worked through you as you give yourself to Him like that. Maybe it looks like being persistent and going again. Maybe it looks like something completely different that I didn't think of because I don't think of everything. Um, but God's speaking to you. I'm going to pray. And then I would love it if you would pray for one another. Gather around one another. Share with one another. Let a hunger arise. Let a thirst arise for more of God in your life. Lord Jesus, you paid for it all. Just stand. Why don't you just stand now if you can. Lord Jesus, oh Lord, thank you. You have paid for it all. You have paid for the forgiveness of our sins. You've washed them all away. And you have paid for us to be friends, to be close. You no longer call us servants. You call us friends. You've revealed yourself to us. You've given us your Holy Spirit to live in us. Thank you that we have your Spirit. Oh, Lord, fill us. Fill us afresh. 
We want more. We want to pray with the believers in Acts 4. Sovereign Lord, have your way in our lives. Sovereign Lord, consider the people we come across in our everyday lives. The ones who will get annoyed when we speak of you and the ones that will be saved. Consider them. And Lord, enable your friends, enable us, your friends, to speak your word with great boldness. Lord, stretch out your hand to heal and perform signs and wonders through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Lord, we long for this in our lives. Lord, where we've done things that keep us, and where we're doing things that are keeping us distant from you, God, we repent right now. We say sorry for those things, and we turn back to you. Even if it's just neglecting, even if it's just being lukewarm, just knowing, just sense there might be some of us, we just feel we're lukewarm, just got complacent, just got jaded, disillusioned. That's okay. That happens. You can turn can turn back to God. He receives us with kindness. Jesus has paid for it all. I'll receive his closeness. He is close. He is at hand. He is here. He's with you now. He anoints you with his spirit afresh. Spirit of love. Spirit of comfort. Spirit of boldness. Lord, you're everything we need. Lord, we surrender our agendas to you. Have your way in our lives. Have your way in our Mondays and in our Tuesdays and our Wednesdays, Thursday, Fridays. Have your way in us throughout this week. It's all gift. Lord, and we choose to pursue you. Pray you would light a fire in us that goes on from this morning, that goes on growing throughout this week, that we would persist, that we would be ever asking, ever seeking for more of you. I thank you there's always more. I thank you we cannot exhaust the storehouse of the riches, of the fullness of what you have for us in Jesus Christ through your Holy Spirit. Stir in us the hunger. We're going to worship. I really encourage you. Share with one another. Pray for one another.
thank you, Lord.